Hello, and welcome to our latest podcast for The Lancet Digital Health. I'm Christina Wayman, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Professor Soren Brunak to talk about his work that has been published today in The Lancet Digital Health, which is on the development of a model that can use long-term disease history and acute admission data to predict mortality in patients admitted to intensive care units. Professor Brunak, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for calling me. So what inspired you and your group at the University of Copenhagen to embark on your project, which has been published today in The Lancet Digital Health? And can you tell us a little bit more about predicting outcomes in patients who are admitted to intensive care? Yeah, first of all, this is a, a, a difficult task because uh, the patients are so different. It's a very heterogeneous uh, patient uh, group. Um, so, so there is a large uh, mortality, of course, in, in, in the group. And it's also important because decisions are made and intensive care on whether to, to continue the treatment. treatment. It's uh, costly and, 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 and so on. So in my group, we have this general interest in um, patient histories and, and, and their sort of the diagnosis as they have been given over over many years and and this is clearly a type of health data that are uh, under underutilized today uh, these disease histories are collected in in registries and people are uh, doing a lot of nice research uh, on them but these data are not really used at the at the bedside so that's one of the motivations for this study can we uh, extract information from the previous history that actually can can add, for example, to to um, uh, survival uh, predictions uh, and and of course also many many other things. But 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 it is a key problem I think in healthcare today that we are not good at uh, exploiting the data we actually have on the uh, patient because they're hidden in some database. But could they actually? be plugged in via, say, a social security number, be, be plugged in in a uh, sort of individual level way in, a, in an algorithm, we would be able to, to do much better, I, I think. And this is also what this work is showing, that there's actually a lot of information um, in relation to survival prediction in, um, in these um, historic data. That's great. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit more about the machine learning model that you developed and validated to predict in-hospital mortality? Yeah, so we are, we are using a machine learning model that actually is quite simple. It's, it's what is called a feed-forward uh, neural network that is trained with um, back propagation, as it's um, uh, called, and it is um, shown um, and depicted in, um, in figure one in, in, um, in the paper. Um, so there will be an input layer that receives um, the encoding of the previous disease history and also uh, of encodings of all the vitals and, and other features that are picked up during the, the first uh, 24 hours of, of uh, admission. So we are essentially in the input layer in the network combining uh, different time scales we, because we have the fine-grained data for the 24 hours, but then we we have tested um, up to 20 years of, 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 of prehistory um, on the on the other side. So we are really aggregating time scales in the information we plug into the uh, neural network, and then all these features uh, they are fed to to um, so-called um, hidden 
units that um, are connected to the input features. And then the whole idea with this architecture is that the hidden units are then connected to an output unit that will give you um, a survival score. Um, and, and, and everything is connected. Every feature is connected to every hidden unit. And that means that you can pick up any correlations you might have the age or you might have a, a specific laboratory a value, value, Billy Rubin or something like that. And then that can be analyzed uh, in, in relation to how correlated it is to uh, a previous diagnosis. That could be lung cancer or it could be ulcer or something that might have happened um, uh, 10 years ago or 15 uh, years ago. So, so this relatively simple architecture is actually quite powerful because it can pick up any correlations. It's mathematically proven that such an architecture um, can um, uh, can pick up any correlation that you have between the input um, um, uh, features. Um, so, so one should also remember that this is, of course, not a network that picks up dynamics. It, it, it receives the disease history, it, it receives the uh, data from the 24 hours, and then it gives a, a survival score. Uh, so it's just a static model that then can be compared, for example, to the conventional survival scores that are used in, in, um, in intensive care today, for example, the the SAPS um, uh, score, and, and uh, so so the comparison we are making in the paper is really uh, between these traditional scores that are based on data um, from 24 hours and a little bit of disease history with, with going sort of all in to the previous disease history of, um, of the patient. Um, so, so the architecture is quite simple um, and, uh, and not a complicated dynamic neural network. So how will your model predicting outcomes for patients in ICU shape clinical research and approaches to emergency patient therapy? I think uh, that this kind of work will, will, will really emphasize the value of, of disease history information. Actually, when the patient arrives at the doorstep of the ward, um, one can already, based on the previous disease history, without measuring anything on the on the patient, actually uh, produce a score from these uh, disease history data, and 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 that is new. And of course, that concept can be used in intensive care. Can also be used if if you are having a baby and and you would predict um, a um, a um, risk of, of, for example, having sexual or something. So the disease history is something that actually can be used in many different uh, contexts. Uh, but here we are, of course, using it in intensive care. So I think that's mainly what we add here. Of course, there's a lot of work being done on how um, one measure all kinds of high-frequency data in, in, in intensive care uh, and, and, and convert that into uh, survival scores and so on. But here... The main message in this paper is that that there is actually a lot of of gold in the in the um, um, prehistory of of um, and the history of the patient. 
So from your model, there, there are many variables that can be considered important when a patient is admitted to intensive care. Um, these include previous admission, um, laboratory test results, and severity of disease, and um, others as well. Which did you find to be the most predictive of both positive outcomes and negative outcomes in patients? Yeah, we've, we've made a quite detailed analysis of, of that, and there we are also helped by the fact that we are using a quite simple um, neural network architecture, so it's actually easier to interpret and, and explain. Uh, that's a, a hot area in machine learning. One would like to sort of convert the black box into something that you understand, and um, in figure Four, we, we try to rank uh, those features that actually are most important for the network and, and not surprisingly, the age of the patient uh, is really the most um, important. If you're old, uh, the chance of you uh, dying um, is higher. If you're younger, it is, it is lower. Uh, but even a um, feature like the age you can try to look in, into where are the nonlinear correlations with, between age and, and other features. And this is also shown um, in, um, in, in figure four that there are some diagnoses where, where um, the age is sort of uh, correlated with those diagnoses in relation to the prediction, for example, metastatic um, cancer. But then there's the length of stay is also important. There's the urinal output. Um, if it's um, uh, low, then of course you are, it's not surprising that the chance of, of, of you um, dying is, is higher. Um, so in, in figure four, we sort of show um, across these 10 most important features, um, whether they are dragging you towards uh, survival or or, or non-survival um, as uh, the feature is, is high or, or, or low. But there's also serum urea, there's bilirubin that, that, that I already mentioned and so on, uh, minimum serum creatine, and, and, and uh, these are sort of the highest ranking ones. One should, of course, not forget many of the other ones, but, but they are most sort of bang for the buck here in terms of, of, of the error that you make in the network if you uh, remove them. So it's a nice way of, of um, also giving something back to the uh, clinicians. Are there correlations they did not uh, think of? And, and in the paper, uh, we also describe some of these correlations that, that um, to, to previous diagnoses that maybe were, were unexpected. So what are the, the future implications of, of your study? How would you like for your, for your research to be taken moving forward? Yes, uh, I, I think that uh, this discrimin uh, discrimination we often make with health data between live patient record data and data that are uh, being transferred to research registries that, that might um, uh, in the end and maybe some some years into the future, I, I predict that it will go away because um, we 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 will use and need to use a lot of the data that we see in the in the research registries today directly in uh, at the point of of um, of care, and um, as I said before, this is just one 
example. I mean, uh, that's also what what irritates um, people, patients often in, in in healthcare, at least in 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 my country, that the patient cannot, the the, the hospital system cannot remember uh, the past of the patient. The patient or the family, um, they have to to uh, describe the the prehistory to to um, to the doctor. And of course, if if you are not having any family to follow you, you're you're often in in a bad situation. So if you can pull it out of a database, uh, then you could maybe also uh, democratize healthcare in that that sense. That uh, actually doesn't really matter whether your daughter or son will will go with you to the hospital or or you come alone because the uh, information needed will actually be pulled out of a database. And I think that 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 is one of the messages in the paper that that can actually be done in in a reasonably um convincing way when we compare uh, to the scores that are used today so what are some of the unanswered questions then regarding your model that you see as a priority for future research yeah as i said this kind of model is giving you an answer after 24 hours and then uh, the clinicians can use it to um, to or build that answer into their decision making as as they are doing uh, today but of course it would be good maybe to have um, a more dynamic prediction where you for example would take data new data that are produced in 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 the intensive care ward in into an algorithm and for example predict survival every hour so that you would have Say 24 predictions um, um, every every 24 uh, hours, um, and and dynamically based on the high frequency data that you uh, pick up on the intensive care uh, award, make it make a more dy- dynamic um, uh, prediction that could be used in, in decision support. Of course, then the disease history would not change; it's the same, but but um, there would come a, a, a new prediction after um, one and a half days and two days and so on. And I think that that's really also what is needed in, in, in these wards, that um, that you simply, during the admission, you plug the, the data into the algorithm. So that's one of the perspectives, and we are also working uh, um, along those lines because we we have all these dynamic Data in the in the work we publish here in in the Lancet Digital Health, we um, we stop after 24 hours. We plug the data into the algorithm, but of course we have the high frequency data for the entire admission, and um, uh, we we could uh, and we think we could, we can squeeze more out of that. And I think also many other groups uh, work across uh, along these lines. So. Well. Thank you so much for joining me today and to discuss your fascinating study that you're publishing with us in the Lancet Digital Health. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. Thanks very much. Goodbye.